0: Hello everybody Toegrips.com with the great Dr. Busby In fact, I'm on Dr. Busby's website right now Toegrips.com Of course you can buy the toe grips, Or you can get your Encore Mobility supplement there Or you can check out Dr. Busby's blog Which, uh, you know, Luther's been itching lately, right? He's had some sort of it, it, issue We think it probably think came like from when he got his hair cut Razor burn,
1: yep. On
0: his stomach and, and sure enough, Dr. Busby's got uh, stories about how to handle a dog that's got itching problems. Whole
1: thing, allergies, itches, you name it.
0: She's got it all covered. Uh, and uh, you can check it all out. Dr. Busby, ToeGrips.com. Uh, and, of course, use the promo code LUTHER and it will save you 10% at ToeGrips.com. Uh, we love Dr. Busby. She's been so great to us and so great to LUTHER. And uh, we think she can help your dogs out. Like It's like having your own like vet at your own beck and call, basically, it's like an on-demand vet. You know, a lot of these websites you have to go to, and you have to put in all your info, and then you talk to a vet. I'm guessing if you have a question about what's wrong with your dog, some issue, Doctor Busby's got an answer somewhere on her website, and uh, you're not uh, bombarded or ambushed by a bunch of uh, ads. In fact, I'm seeing minimal ads, if any. I'm not seeing any ads at all. So uh, make sure you check out the website toegrips.com. That is toegrips.com. Promo code Luther if you make a purchase there. Wonderful folks. Great people, great products, great blog, Dr. Busby and ToeGrips.com. This is the Josh Innes Show. Howdy, hi, everybody. Josh Innes Show. Josh and Jilly today. What's going on, Jilly?
1: Well, to be honest, I'm quite tired.
0: So am I. <laughs> um, I uh, Luther's been up since. Uh, basically all morning, so we've been up all morning since like 3 well, because...
1: We kind of we reversed it because you fell asleep probably around 10.45. Yep. I didn't fall asleep because I was with him until probably 2. And then I finally fell asleep at like 2. And then he woke us up about 2.20. Got him to lay back down. And then he woke us up again at 3. Yep. And then there was no getting him to lay back down.
0: So I just stayed up. So I've been up. I usually get up or at least lately I've been getting up anywhere from like 4.10 to 4.20. Um, I am now uh, I got up at 3 today, so I'm a bit tired, but who the hell cares? We got a show to do, baby, bring it on. How about this? Taco Bell. You, I'm sure you saw this story. Yep. Taco Bell is testing a tostada served on a massive Cheez-It. Is that a treat that you would like to sample?
1: It most definitely is. I just hate that it's only in this like one place in California. Like just like why are you testing it? It's going to work. It's massive. Just just put it out.
0: So here's the details on this. It's a big Cheez It tostada that looks like a normal tostada, which a tostada is normally like on just a, a tortilla, right? A
1: flat, yeah, a crispy one.
0: Yeah, uh, but instead of a flat tortilla shell, it's served on a Cheez It the size of your hand. I'm still pissed that I, I haven't gotten to get the Mexican pizza. Have they been, like, they, they obviously are keeping it on the full menu. So I wonder if they've gotten restocked. Can we go there right after this? They
1: don't have it yet.
0: They haven't restocked? No. I don't know. Like, I didn't know this is going to sound really dumb. I didn't know that you could get the Mexican pizza without certain things on it. I just thought it was like all one piece and like they put it in an oven. Like it was all pre-made and shit.
1: No, of course you could. So I, awesome I didn't know that they
0: made it on site. You know, I thought it was pre-made. So I didn't know that you can get it without tomatoes and certain stuff. I Without tomatoes, I find the Mexican pizza to be pretty spectacular. It is
1: great. I, wonder, yeah, I don't think they have them yet. They haven't announced they've come back. I want now, them. Now, Nikki tells me that in her neck of the woods that they never went away.
0: Well, that means they just didn't run out of them. But I, mean, like I think around here.
1: But the whole news story was nationwide. They've announced they were out of Mexican pizzas.
0: Oh, so in the in over in uh, in Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago, Rolling
1: Meadows, yep.
0: They never ran out of them. Those sons of bitches. But uh, there's also going to be a Cheez It Crunch Wrap that they're testing.
1: I love Cheez Its, so I'm. I see. I never
0: knew this. that you loved. I've known you for a decade. I've never seen you eat Cheez. I used
1: to eat them every night in the radio station in Houston.
0: I I don't remember this at all. Yeah,
1: I had boxes of Cheez Its in there.
0: Maybe I'm just terrible. I don't know. I don't remember any of this. I feel bad now. But yeah, Uh that's uh, actually. Let me see a picture of this. There's a photo. Let's see. Oh, mm-hmm. that, wh- that is certainly a giant cheese it. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Like that it's legitimately just a big delightful. cheese it. And
1: the cheese it in the crunch wrap. Oh yeah. That's
0: wild, right there. Boy, they're getting exotic over at the Bell. The bells are ringing, baby.
1: They do have those uh, chicken things you like back.
0: What? Which one were those? The, the fried
1: uh, chicken, like the chicken tender in the taco.
0: Ah, see, that's lit. Yeah, that's like lit those. right there, baby. I like it.
1: Uh, but we welcome you
0: in today. Uh, we watched uh, the Astros, a good bit of the Astros last night. Actually, that's a lie. We watched about the first four innings of the Astros. They were up 6-3, to three, so it's kind of like, all right, out of sight, out of mind. They're up 6-3 to three going into the ninth. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Looks like Fromber battles back, has a good day. Things are going good, right? Uh, and, uh, and then the Astros uh, blow it in the ninth.
1: Presley was not good. But here's
0: the thing, man. Like And I haven't talked a lot about baseball or the Astros in general, but this Yankees series has me going because the Yankees are arguably the most famous organization in the history of sports, right? Like, they are it. When you think about the Mount Rushmore of sports organizations, the Yankees are on it. 27 World Series, all these Hall of Famers, retired numbers. Right. We know that the Yankees are a big deal. How is it that the Yankees are in such a spot in their existence that it's a big deal to them to have a series against a team like the Astros who historically, the Astros are not a great franchise. They've had moments of success. It's been fleeting. They had a little bit in the early 80s, one year in the mid 80s, couple years in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then this run that they've been on now, which is the best run in franchise history, but for the most part, the Astros are a Johnny-come-lately when it comes to success in baseball, yet I'm, I, was, I was listening to somebody, or I saw on Twitter or the gram, some guy that's on the radio on WFAN in uh, New York, and they're talking about how this is a series where you got to prove to the Astros that you're here to play and you got to take them out behind the woodshed and kick their asses and show them that you mean business. I'm like, Yankees, you've won 27 World Series. This is a June baseball series. Friends, there's like four more months to go in this season or, or three more months to go in the season. Then it's the playoffs. And Fun fact, you suck against the Astros in the playoffs. You find a way to blow it against the Astros in the playoffs. So I'm tweeting about this last night, and, like, these Yankee people who I'm I'm not even commenting on these stories, like, it's weird to me when people go to social media and search, like, their favorite team or something, and then see people who they don't follow who are like saying something bad about the team and then comment to that person. Well,
1: that's baseball Twitter now, especially
0: baseball, Twitter's fucked up, but like these Yankees people are all going nuts yesterday because they rallied and won the game. Hey, it was a good. win. whatever you came back, you won. It's fucking June. Verlander's going to bring them out today and shut them down. And they're going to even that series at one. Uh, Like, let's say you split with them. Cool. You've got this big time uh, stretch here against the Mets, the Yankees and the Mets. You already swept the Mets, who are a pretty good team. Say you split with the Yankees, you know, even if you lose two out of three in the next series to the Mets, I'd say that, you know, six wins out of those uh, 10 or whatever the the stretches pretty fucking good. So and by the way, the Astros right now are are dominating this division, and one of the best teams in baseball without their offense clicking, without Bregman getting it going at all. Now he's finally kind finally, of getting it going. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to add some more arms. I think they obviously need to improve back into the bullpen. These are all facts. But, like, obviously they're not where the Yankees are record-wise, but who fucking cares what happens in June? The Astros are at a point in their existence right now where – June baseball doesn't matter. They've been good for seven years. So like they're not a team that's worried about peaking in June or having the best record in baseball like the Yankees are and swinging their dicks about winning a trivial baseball game. Yeah, it sucked to lose it the way they lost it. And yeah, you'd rather win that game six to three than lose it seven to six, but still it's June. And speaking of that, that at bat with Judge, I mean, like once the once the count got to two o I well three o certainly you put him on because you know he's swinging. the guy's red hot. you're going to lose the game if you pitch to him there. There's no reason to pitch to him, put him on, face the next guy, see if you can get him. I could argue that when it was two o you should have done that. they didn't, obviously, and they they paid, but man, when it's three and oh and you got a guy who's red hot and he knows you're gonna groove him a fastball you were going to lose that game. At that point, if he's sitting dead red, just throw him a breaking ball down in the dirt, see if he'll chase or throw one up and out of the zone, see if he'll chase, because he was dead red ready to go. But you certainly don't groove him one right down the middle and say, hey, thanks for playing. We'll see you tomorrow. That's dumb. But... um
1: this series does have me excited for the playoffs, though, because the odds are the Yankees and Astros will end up facing each other. And the other. Astros
0: will beat them, yep. because history shows you that they will. Keep this in mind, and I'm, I don't know why I'm getting uber defensive of the Astros fun, right now. I, I'm
1: just, like, I, watching that game yesterday, just the first game of the series, and I'm actually excited to watch tonight's, too. It just makes me want playoff baseball. Oh, I'm with which you. Which is sad, because it's only June. I know.
0: you got a long way to go. Well,
1: it's basically July. But Only I, three more months.
0: Listen, the, I, I don't really believe all that much in the starting pitching of the Yankees anyway. Um, I think the Astros starting pitching is pretty good. I think they need, if they added another legit starting arm in there, and maybe that's Lance, whatever, but add another legit starting arm in there and improve the back end of the bullpen and get the offense going. Like, Yuli is a waste. It's a dead black hole in the middle of the lineup. Bregman's been a black hole in the lineup. Think about it. Their record is what it is right now, and they're doing this. With big pieces of their lineup doing next to nothing. If they get that shit going, if you somehow get it going where Bregman's clicking along with Tucker, who's been good. Yeah. Along with Jordan, who's been good. Along with Altuve, who's always there. Along with professional hitter Michael Brantley. You get those guys going. I mean, look, like, great. You beat them in one game in this series. Congrats. Congrats. I think come October, the Astros are going to be a completely different team, which is scary for everybody because they're already pretty good despite the fact that they haven't been that good.
1: Well, they should have a pretty good July. I'm looking at their schedule of games in July. So you've got this, like, gauntlet we just said, the Yankees, or the Mets, the Yankees, the Mets again, and then one more with the Yankees. July, it's the Angels, the Royals, the A's, the Angels again, the A's again. And then the All-Star break.
0: Look, they should really <laughs> pull away from this shitty they division. They might not
1: even li- – and then they got two with the Yankees in July and then the Mariners and the A's again. I mean, they should probably just. Well, like
0: the lose. division stinks. We know the division stinks. It always stinks. I hate this division. Like, I wish the Astros had a more competitive division on a yearly basis. Well, I wish
1: at least mix in some other stuff, so it's not just consistently like, oh, cool, the A's again. Oh, cool, and I get there in the division. But I, like, I really it out a little bit.
0: Yeah, I really, I I hate this division. It's like the uh, it's like the AFC South. I hate that fucking division too. It's just a bunch of uninteresting teams. That's one of the shit on things that happens to Houston people. Is you're stuck with shit that you have in these these divisions they're not good like you know it's great that the Astros dominate the division I mean you'd much rather that than the alternative which is you're the Mariners or the A's right so you'd rather do what you do but I'd like to see a division where the regular season games matter and it's it's a battle you know Another thing, a couple things from watching that yesterday. One, Carlos Beltran was on the broadcast for the uh, Yankees, which is hysterical because these people love to shit on the Astros for being cheaters. He was like the Yet ringleader. the ringleader of it is <laughs> yeah. on their broadcast. They're like, all right. Second of all, he's dreadful as a broadcaster. Think about the two broadcasts that were happening last night. The Yankees broadcaster, their color analyst was Carlos Beltran, who won a World Series with the Astros and was the ringleader of the Astros cheating scandal, right? He's doing it for the team that hates the Astros. And on the other side of things, Blummer's calling the game for the Astros, and he beat them in a World Series game. What a world. What a fucking world. A bizarre world it is, but I was I was watching that uh, Yankees broadcast because honestly I just refuse to watch the Astros broadcast. I think it's rinky dink and it's for kids and it's, it just it doesn't interest me. But on the um, Yankees broadcast... It's
1: for kids.
0: It is. It's it's for children. Well, like,
1: that one day it really was, and they're like, we're going to teach you how to keep score. And
0: that's gonna that <laughs> happens every year. It's one of their things. I don't know when that game's going to be, but so if a, f- if a batter hits a fly ball to the right fielder and it's caught, that's F9. Like, whatever. I don't give a shit. But I really dislike Blummer, and I think Callis sucks. So I I we always watch the road broadcast Julia's on Astros' good. game. She, she's a wonderful gal, and she's fine at what she does. But I think the other two guys are dopes, and I just have no interest in them. So I watch the road broadcast when we watch the Astros games. Not to say that the road broadcast is any better in some instances, like yesterday with Carlos Beltran. But I just have a vendetta against the Astros broadcast. You do. I really. I have too many vendettas. I've learned. Like I talked with Jim about this. I think Jim's gotten to the point where he hates talking with me because all I do is screenshot shit from Twitter of people I hate and send it to him, and he's like, you know, maybe you just need to, you know, stop looking at Twitter, and I'm like. Like, I can't because these fucking people, I hate See, them so people, much. People, I
1: think, are getting sick. You and I are both very guilty of this screenshotting shit like that. Yeah. I think everybody is honestly sick of our negativity. Are they? Yeah. Well,
0: who, who's sick of your negativity?
1: Well, like, I, our, my one friend who you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, We don't text nearly as much now because I think it used to be like we just made fun of a lot of shit, and now it's only just me doing that. Oh, yeah. And she's kind of like, well, you know, we should probably be more positive and not look at social media all the time and that that
0: person is right yes but it's almost it's impossible it's impossible because there's so much on there and i get so angry like like i've been doing that with jim a lot and i feel bad but like i inundate jim with screenshots of people whose messages mostly frauds it's not like i want to be clear this is not people who are hurting my feelings by sending hate tweets to me right it's people who i think just post fraudulent shit because they're grifters and i've never known them to be like this until they became like radios slash internet famous or a celebrity or they're getting paid a lot of money to do it and all of a sudden they've become fucking wackos and it's obnoxious and by the way they're hypocritical as well uh and so i just call that out and i think jim's even like hey bro yes
1: i'm telling you people are just sick of our negativity you and i are very negative because we like to make fun of dumb people correct but now i think it's so there's so many dumb people And there's so many screenshots to make fun of. You're right. That I think people are sick of our bullshit.
0: Maybe. I wouldn't even call it our bullshit, though. I don't think that's fair. Our
1: negativity.
0: Negativity's fair, but I wouldn't say bullshit. We are consistent in what we find to be annoying, and we like to screenshot shit and send it to people. And it's at times it's hard. And it's is hard also not to. How
1: you got us kicked out of that Astros fan group? Okay, that was really the, fun to make fun. The of. The
0: Astros fan group people were dipshits though, and uh, and I believe the the one I made fun of was when someone. Um, I forgot what. Oh, sorry. It was the Daryl Kyle uh, mm-hmm. patch on the fen, uh, out on the wall at Minute Maid, and someone said, "Why is Why is Dallas Keuchel's name retired?" And I thought, "Oh shit, these people are stupid." And that's what got us kicked out. And you out. put
1: it on Facebook. I I, I didn't know well, you, that
0: it was a fucking rule that you couldn't screenshot somebody's group and post it somewhere else. I'm not getting into this bullshit again about these people. They're morons.
1: Well, you took that fun away from us. But
0: anyway, so I was watching the game last night, and um, the Yankees broadcast was like, "Yep, this is a legit rivalry." Not really, Chief. It's a bunch of bitter fucking Yankees people that can't get over the fact that they've gotten owned in the playoffs over the last six, seven years by the Astros and haven't beaten them there. And they can come up with all their bullshit they want about garbage cans and whatever. A rivalry goes both ways. There are two ways to make a rivalry. One is like a proximity rivalry or a long time like division rivalry like the Cubs and Cardinals are a proximity rivalry and they've been in the same division as each other since the beginning of time, basically, whether it was the NL East or now the NL Central, they were in the same division and they were close in proximity. So they became rivals, the Blackhawks and the blues, a Chicago St. Louis thing. The two cities have a rivalry, Dallas, Houston, the cities have a rivalry, but the teams, I don't necessarily buy that because whatever, but you know, um, you know, a rivalry is, is either proximity or, Or it's, like, back and forth, right? Then there are outliers, you know, like, division ones. Like, I put basically division, proximity, or, like, they just, like, kind of a Johnny-come-lately rivalry because they're competitive against each other. Like, the Yankees and Astros are not competitive against each other because the Astros consistently have beaten them in the playoffs, So there's no, like, oh, boy, what a battle. So they're not proximity rivals. They're not division rivals. And they don't go back and forth in the playoffs. The Astros are their dadas. That's how it works. So um, the idea that it's some real rivalry, yeah, it's a rivalry to you because you keep losing. Like, there's a lot of times, like... Like, I don't think that Dallas views Philadelphia as a rival, but Philly, oh, they hate Dallas. Oh, well, yeah. Dallas has like five Super Bowls. The Eagles have one, and it's a Johnny Come Lately Super Bowl. Like, Dallas gives a fuck about Philadelphia. They would only care about them if they're on the come up, right? Same thing in here. Like, the Yankees and the Astros are not a rivalry, but they're against each other, and they've been competitive in the playoffs. Therefore, it's kind of blossomed into a little back and forth, but there is no back and forth. But anyway, I'm kind of excited about watching the game tonight and drinking some wine. And
1: Yeah, the back and forth is really just the fans on Twitter. Yes. If there's a rivalry between fans, it's most certainly but Yankees I don't even know, fans and Astros fans. But I'm
0: fascinated by Yankees people because, again, they've got 27 World Series. But we stole one from them. Oh, whatever. Fuck them. Um, like, and, yeah, the Astros fans go back and forth, and fans get their feelings hurt, and they want to fight people. But I got Yankees people coming after me, like – like, yesterday I'm tweeting about it, and I root for the Astros. I mean, you know I'm a Cardinals fan, but I root for the Astros. I have nothing against them. I want them to win. I love Houston. I love the people. So I'm rooting for them, and I tweet something along the lines of, um, it's going to be awesome when the Astros beat the Yankees in October. What? not anybody. It was just my Twitter. And I start getting all these messages from randos that don't follow me. I click on them, and it's like, New York sports fan, Yankees guy, whatever. And I'm getting like messages like, uh, oh, This, oh, all the saltiness from Astros fans. I'm like, I'm not salty. I'm just telling you that your team will eventually shit the bed like they've done every year since they last won it 12, 13 years ago. Jeep. I'm just letting you, you know. I am. Te- I, I have a crystal ball and my crystal ball tells me that you're going to lose in October. That's how this works. So anyway, um, so what, what's going on in the world today? What's got people, I, I know what's going well, on in the, well, you know. I know what's going on. Like I'm trying to make a concerted effort to like, like back to the point about bitching about stuff and friends getting annoyed by how much you bitch about stuff. Yes. Um, I'm getting to a point. Where I don't view it as worth losing friends and alienating people over shitty political opinions. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore, right? Like, it's not like I bombard my friends with political opinions. Most of my shit, I... like, And basically, it's just Jim, because nobody else would get it or care about it. You know, like, I can't... Or me, if you're at work. Correct. But I can't tweet... Or I can't text like my buddy Martin shit about something dopey Houston radio hosts say on Twitter. Because he's not going to give a fuck. That doesn't apply to him. But Jim is the only person I can bitch about it with. Only Jim and you.
1: Maybe Meltzer.
0: And Meltzer to a degree. But for the most part, it's not one of those situations where I can do it with just anybody. But as far as like political shit goes, and I was thinking about this today with all this abortion shit. And it's like, like, I'm thinking about what, like who I'm friends with still and the kind of relationships I used to have with people and how shit has changed in say the last six or seven years. Like, I think a guy's like Indy, right? Indy and I were pretty good buddies and I loved Indy and I still do. Like, even when I got in trouble in Philadelphia, he was one of the first people to call me and say, did you say blank? And I go, yeah. He goes, dude, what the fuck? That's funny. Like, and we were boys. Then somewhere around like 2016, In the Trump era, somewhere along the way, like, we weren't as close anymore, and I think that he started viewing me differently. And that's fine. I mean, that's his prerogative, and you can say that's more of a him thing than a me thing. I never disliked him, and maybe he doesn't dislike me as much as I think he does. But, like, we're not as cool as we used to be. And I don't like that. Like I don't want to alienate people. Like what matter? Like what matters more to me: getting on Twitter and ranting and raving about some political bullshit, or keeping friendships and being buddies? I have my beliefs on shit. I know what I think about shit, and I know how much I care about certain things. Do I really want to rush to social media and piss off large groups of people over something that I'm not overly passionate about? Like if I'm passionate about it and it's legit, and I'm fighting it, and like yes, it's worth it. Like. abortion thing I'm not that passionate over it you know what I believe that you know and I don't want to get too deep into it but if like it I don't care about shit that doesn't impact my life my life is not impacted by someone getting an abortion or not getting an abortion we don't fuck enough to get pregnant anyway Say you better
1: (laughs) knock on that table (laughs)
0: because ain't nobody getting like my point is in all of this is that it doesn't impact my life if it starts to impact my life, then I'm concerned about it. That's just how I think most people are. So to sit here and try to stop people from having an abortion or getting an abortion or whatever, it, it's just something that's so low on my thing. I'm not religious. I'm not one of these people that, you know, drapes myself in in, in, in these kind of stances about these sort of issues. I don't give a shit. So I'm not going to sit here and, and alienate people, alienate potential listeners, alienate friends, uh, or, you know, become some sort of asshole over whether or not some chick that gets knocked up decides to do what she's going to do with her body and the baby that doesn't that that's not going to be something i'm going to die on a cross i'm going to die on a hill i'm going to die on now some of you may hear that and go this piece of shit wants to kill babies if that's your mindset good you may not like me but like i whatever It is what it is. But I'm at a point where I would much rather have friendships with people than sit here and fight with them over political shit. And
1: the best friendships are those where you don't even really talk politics. And that's the thing. Before 2016, I couldn't tell you anything my friends believed about shit. And then you brought up like ND and stuff because what happened in like 2016, 2017, we were at 790. The show got really political for a while.
0: Now, some things you do have to talk about because they are in the sports universe. we,
1: We had that. Come to Jesus moment where we're like, boy, this show is really just political now. It is. but it like was
0: but, a drag. But I will defend myself to a, a degree because sports and politics were so interwoven and I couldn't avoid certain big stories. And I wasn't going to lie about what my opinion was. Right. So like Kaepernick, for instance, that was the big thing in that era. Yes. And I wasn't going to get on the air. And I tried to do funny shit with it a lot of the time, you know. But I knew that some of those opinions would piss people off. Might piss black people off. Black folks might view me differently uh, than they used to, right? But I didn't. But it wasn't me who decided to take a knee, and me that decided to make shit political. I'm just responding to it. When we were at six ten the first time, the most political shit got was Tim Tebow, and I would piss off all these religious people by saying that they only liked him because he was a good God fearing, churchy white boy, and that's why they cared about him. That's why a lot of older conservative white dudes hated me back then and younger dudes liked me. It's just like I'm doing things based on what is trendy and what's going on in the world, right? But I don't want to get to a point, and I think like this is a healthy way to do things, is I don't want to get into a world where I'm fighting with people, friends over beliefs and then losing friends yes, over and it. And
1: that's happening a lot lately with everybody. It is and I don't
0: want to do that. Like I don't want to wake up every day and be like, boy, did I lose a friend over this? That's why like, let me tell you who I admire. I admire Matt Moscona because I know – uh, dude, I've known Matt for 15 fucking years, since 2007, around this time in 2007, I believe, is when I met Matt, maybe 06. So we've known each other for damn near half of my life I've known Matt Moscona. I couldn't tell you really a fucking thing about how he is politically. Like, who, like, I, I got an idea, but I don't dig that deep with him. And I don't care to. But here's why I admire him I admire him because he's a sports radio guy. He was doing political radio. He worked on a political station, came over to our station in sports, and has never left sports. And he's told me he doesn't want to get into that fucking slop anymore. He's smart. And he doesn't dive into it on the air. Like, the closest he's gotten is about the Rona shit. But even the Rona shit, I don't view as politics. I I think what happens is-
1: It got political. It, it is
0: because the politicians make it political but it's not like a, like that's a life thing. That is a, how did that, that impacted me. And when shit starts impacting me, I view it as differently. Like guns, big picture don't impact me. Cause I don't have guns and I don't want to have a gun. And I don't live in fear of people with guns. Right. I'm a believer that people should have their guns. And I don't believe the guns are the reason these people are dying. Right. But it's not something that truly impacts my life. What impacts my life is $5 fucking gas where I, again, I filled up the car today. It cost, it was on basically on empty. It was three dash, lines i pulled in this morning to get gas 75 dollars to fill up the sonata and that's down that impacts me taxes impact me that's the way i view shit and going back to matt matt's not someone that goes on the air and gives his political beliefs on shit he doesn't
1: tweet about it he he is so fucking
0: smart smart. he's brilliant about this shit you he is now some people might have heard him talk about the Rona and, and kind of viewed him as like, oh, right wing whatever doesn't matter. Matt does not get into any of that shit. If it's sportsy related, like there are a lot of times that I would listen to him and go, Matt, this is a sports slash politics thing. Why aren't you doing it? And he's like, I'm not doing it. And I admire that. Now, that's not how I'm programmed. Like the Kaepernick stuff, I would have to get into. The. Bow when it happened, shit I'd have to get into. The gay football player I'd have to get into. But I think what happened is somewhere along the way, it went from finding ways to make fun of it and lampoon it and have fun with it to people getting just hyper angry about yep. shit. And then everything was serious. But um, I admire people who are able... To, with all this bullshit going on in the world, focus on what their main priority is. Matt's main priority is to do a sports radio show for people in the state of Louisiana. That's his priority. That's where his money is made. He knows they're not tuning into him on a, uh, on a Tuesday afternoon, or in this case, a Friday afternoon in June, to hear him t- 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 Matt Moscona talk about abortion. They're not doing that. They're tuning in to hear about what the the fucking LSU baseball team is doing. They got some guy in the transfer portal today. That's why they tune into Matt Moscona. They don't tune in to hear him break down Roe v. Wade. That's not what he's there for. And I admire him because he's able to do that. My problem is that I see stories like that and I'm like, well, shit, I guess I got to weigh in on it. And then it becomes political. And I do think there's a difference between social and political. Abortion, to me, is not a social thing. It's a politics, and in this case, overturning Roe v. Wade is a political issue. Uh, It's not something I care to dive that deep into because, as I've told before, I don't care if a woman gets an abortion. It doesn't impact my life. What a woman chooses to do with her individual body, when it starts to impact me, is when I care. Um, so I don't care what a woman does. Like, I don't want to see, to be clear, I don't want some seven month old kid in a womb getting his head chopped off, but I don't care up up to a certain point what these women choose to do. It's not what I am and it's not a hill I want to die on. Right. Uh, but I admire people who are able to do that. I admire people's ability. I think I've done a decent job with it on the radio side of things because I've I've understood people aren't tuning in to me on the radio show to hear me go deep into politics. They're there for the fucking shitty classic rock music and to hear me have fun and laugh and have a good time. You know, like Bobby Bones, my best friend.
1: Oh, your best friend. (laughs) My
0: best friend, Bobby Bones, who I've never met, but we tweet each other, right? Bobby Bones... Like, is this show necessarily for me? Probably not. I have, like, it's just not, it's a very happy, jovial type of thing and, you know, a very nice show. It's just not the way I am, Right. But I admire that he's able to do that and be successful doing it, and he stays the course on it. And I admire that, and that's why he's successful, and that's why he's got a ton of cash, and that's why he lives in a mansion, and that's why I've had big-money jobs that I don't have anymore, and we live in a house that's basically the size of an apartment. You know, I mean, so you learn this shit, and you you advance from it, and you grow from it. So, um again, it's just like, I admire Matt, Matt and guys like that. Would I do my show the exact same way Matt does? No, I, it's inherently in me to be aggressive and piss people off. That's who I am. But Matt is so good at it. And and I've asked him about how do you do it? He goes, it's not because I'm, I'm not concerned about that bullshit. I've got a single focus and that's to do this sports show and do it well and make money and do my job. And I admire that. So, good. Like I think what's happened is so many people now don't understand their place and don't stay in their lane, as it were. Now, on your Twitter, do what you want to do. To me, it's your personal Twitter. If you want to rant and rave and risk alienating people, that's it. But when you're on somebody else, and I'm just going to sound very Rich lordish here, but when you're on the public airwaves, when you're on somebody else's platform and they're paying you to be on that platform, to me, and this is going to sound anti what usually comes from me, and maybe my opinion on this will change tomorrow. You know how I am. But if you're on their platform, that platform doesn't exist for Josh Ennis to go on there and tell you every one of my singular political views on everything. It's to entertain the people, get ratings, generate revenue.
1: Well, now most people think it's you know to use their platform to spread their... But, it's, but that's the thing
0: is we've been telling people that it is and it's not. You know, like, if I'm on a top 40 radio station, uh, most people are still tuning into a top 40 radio station to hear fucking Bieber. They don't want to hear whoever is on the air talking about Roe v. Wade. Now, it's a story, and maybe you mention it and say, man, this is unfortunate, you know, like, I'm against this, but whatever. And you kind of go with it. To get into deep breakdowns of it, I'm, I'm a, I, I don't think that's smart business. Unless there is an exception. Well, there are two radio exceptions. One is the exception of news talk radio, which by and large is just fucking vile. I, uh, I flipped on Clay and Buck today, and it was just Buck.
1: I know. I was like, why? Do you want to get angry or what?
0: Well, I flipped it on because I just well, was curious to hear if they were going to treat this Roe v. Wade thing like a, a victory, which is really gross to me, too, because I think there are a lot of people that deep down don't give two fucks if people are killing babies, as they like to say. Well, no, They just usual. care about win- I think some do. I think a lot of them don't. And I think they care more about winning. They care yes. about beating the liberals. Because
1: as usual, there could have been a very middle road met here like you could have taken some ideas from one side and some ideas from another side and had a compromise but it's not about doing that anymore it's about winning correct and
0: listen and, and if you tell that to someone, they'll say, well, the other side started it. Yep. And those are the extremists and they go at it. And trust me, I'm not saying it's just Republicans. Do go look at the liberals, man. Like, I, do I really think they're offended by half the shit they claim to be offended by? A lot of them, especially the older ones, they're not. They're just riding because they're trying to beat the Republicans. Like like Stephen Colbert, who I think's a lunatic. Stephen Colbert has been in comedy for like 30 years like, I don't believe that someone who's been doing comedy for 30 years has such a shitty sense of humor. I just think he has found his niche. He's found what gets him his numbers, and he goes with it. Um, and I think it's just all about winning. So people, if they want to claim to be offended, Jimmy Fallon is, another, or Kimmel's another example.
1: I know, we were Kim- talking about that the other night, too. Like, I feel bad for Fallon because you can tell, like, he still wants to be funny yeah. and do, like, dumb shit. Sure. But you can't.
0: You cannot, and so like that's my problem. That's where I get angry, right? Like I see a lot of people. Like I'm not going to tell you who this person is because like I I still like this person, but they're a media person that does like kind of a conservative shtick. And when I see some of the shit they post, I'm like, I don't think you buy that. And sometimes the just flat out lies that this person tells, and it really pisses me off. It's a conservative media person that I know. And I'm like, you don't buy that. There's no way you believe that. But it's all about winning, right? Like, So I don't know what percentage it is, but I'd say there's a pretty good percentage of people out there that are celebrating today saying, yay, the babies will live, that don't give two fucks if the babies live. They just give a fuck that they were able to shit on the liberals, right? Like, that's just how this goes. Um, but whatever, man. Like, people suck. The, the extremes on each side suck. And and I'm glad I'm not in that universe, but... um forgot where I was before I went into that ranch shit. I know I kind of just went off the, uh, on a tangent there a little bit, but it happens. Uh, it is what it is. I hate I also hate saying that, but what are you going to do? On a lighter
1: do? note, I hit another, you know, plus 3,800 parlay that I put a We did on it,
0: damn it. But again, <laughs> the, now, but here's the problem. So two nights in a row, you've hit yeah. parlays that are damn near $4,000. If you would put a hundred on them, hell, if you put $10 on them, it'd be a big hit, but you're putting like a buck.
1: Yeah, but they still like, I mean, let me see the exact payout. But I
0: commend you because you know what? You have fun doing it. doesn't cost you a lot of money. No. Like, I can't live that life. I'm like, I've
1: only put in, a, I've only added my own money once in my FanDuel account. And that that's badass.
0: December. I don't, like, I suck at that. Okay, so the
1: first night that we talked about yesterday, I got the, the goals. Yep. Uh, it was Anthony Sorelli, Nathan McKinnon, and then that last cadre uh, goal. Yep. And that was plus thirty eight forty
0: nine. So, e- like, just say you put ten bucks on that, you're winning four hundred bucks. <laughs> but put, you put a
1: buck? No, I put two fifty seven, oh, and I won a hundred and one fifty. Well, a
0: hundred one fifty's got to be one of your biggest hits ever.
1: It's up there. Yeah. And then yesterday, of course, I could have done much better for myself. I had Stanton to hit a home run, Sh- uh, Kyle Schwarber to hit a home run. Yeah. And the under nine runs in the uh, White Sox Orioles,
0: which you hit.
1: That was plus thirty six seventy five. Now, that one, I only put a seventy two on, so I only won $65, but...
0: Hey, well, the good thing is you're up damn near dollar? $200. you are up $200. See, that's the hard part I have with those is, like, they call a lot of those lottery bets, uh, like on uh, DraftKings, that's what a lot of the people that are on DraftKings call them. They're like, here's my lottery pick of the night where you take, like, like that's not even an extreme one. You just had three things that needed to happen. Yep.
1: I also missed another one by just one thing, which is the goddamn A's blowing their uh, game and... Uh, Homeboy was like throwing a no-hitter through the eighth or something, and then it just collapsed. But had that hit, I would have hit one that was plus 22.36.
0: And how much did you put on it?
1: 2.33. Eh.
0: But (laughs) like they call them these lotto picks, right? And um, like an example would be like a 10-leg parlay. And it's plus one million. And if you put in a dollar, you win like a hundred thousand or whatever. And some of those I'll try just because you never know. Like, I feel I I would take my chances doing that over playing the Powerball. Right. Like, it's
1: not one's got to work. Like, like,
0: and you would think that you'd have a chance. And some of them aren't ridiculous. It's like sometimes just a 10 team parlay and you pick the winner in each of them and you put in five bucks and it might win you 70 grand. Those are fun to play, but the odds of hitting them aren't very good, you know, but they're kind of fun. But like me, if I'm gonna do one that's like plus four thousand, I'm thinking to myself: if I'm gonna put forth all this effort to hit a play that's plus four thousand, I can't just allow myself to only win a hundred dollars from that. Like it's got to be a nice a nice haul for me to win a plus four thousand dollar parlay. But um, do you have one tonight? Is there anything? Now I'm gonna go back to the uh, saves for Vasilevsky because why not? Well, My guess is Colorado ends the series tonight. But um, See, I'm going to th- go Vasilevsky. I
1: think Tampa's winning tonight. They're pissed. They know they got screwed.
0: Well, I hope they do because if they do win, that means that Colorado will be down and they'll be shooting a lot and Vasilevsky's going to play his ass off and have 34 fucking saves.
1: That's That's been your go-to.
0: It is, and I've hit it, I think, three. I didn't get to play it in one of them because we were out of town. I lost it the one day we were out of town. Uh, but the over for him in that number is hit, I want to say, out of four games, I think three times, and I've hit it two of those. So, or yeah, two of the four. So I'm in on that. I'm down. But, um, yeah, so that would be what I'm going to do tonight. But, uh, you know, here's something I saw. I sent you this earlier and this is actually something happy, not a negative uh, thing I sent you. Oh, good. So there's a new thing on, on uh, Netflix and I think it's on there now. It's a Mr. Bean type thing with Rowan Atkinson. It's not Mr. Bean, but it's Mr. Bean. It's Rowan Atkinson and it's a show. It's a, I guess a sitcom. And basically, he's a house sitter, and there is this bee that is just terrorizing him in this house. Oh boy! And it's just a calamity. So it's basically Mr. Bean versus a bee.
1: That sounds fantastic.
0: I know because I love Mr. Bean. Now again, did that it's come not. Out? I think it's out. I oh. think. I think it's called Man versus Bee.
1: Well, then maybe we can watch that after we watch the Astros tonight.
0: Maybe so. Oh, man make... the
1: hockey. God, it's a big night.
0: Yep, that's true. You
1: need to take that nap.
0: I do. So is this out yet? Man versus B. Rowan Atkinson channels Bean and Baldrick in his new slapstick sitcom. Of course, he's the black adder, uh, but I love Rowan Atkinson. I love Mr. Bean, oh, which who, is a show that I shouldn't love, but I do.
1: Who doesn't love Mr. Bean? I, I know. Met, I'm just, I've never met one person who doesn't like Mr. Bean.
0: I love the movie, too. The, not the second one, but the one that's just, just Bean. Then there was Mr. Bean's Holiday, which is fine, but I really enjoyed Bean. Um... But Man vs. B, an extension of 90s Mr. Bean sketch. Oh, let's read about this a little bit. Man vs. B has finally landed on Netflix, and it seems Rowan Atkinson's latest comedy project has inspiration from one of his most iconic characters ever. Rowan, 67, is one of the best-loved actors and comedy stars in the UK and is back on our screens in his brand new stream series, *In Man vs. B*. The star plays Trevor, who hasn't had much luck in the world of work. He was fired from ASDA after an altercation with a trolley and from an office after ending up losing uh, after ending up losing a battle with a shredder. In his in a last-ditch attempt. From the divorcee to impress his teenage daughter, he takes a job as a house sitter for a very wealthy family. Of course, in his classic style, things go very wrong very quickly when he meets his new nemesis, a bee.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: The series, which plays out through 10 short episodes, has already received praise from critics and has been compared to some of his previous works. It seems this is no mistake, though, as Rowan compared the new series to a sketch he performed in probably his most famous character, Mr. Bean. So basically, it's Mr. Bean. Yeah. And I'm here for Mr. Bean.
1: I, yeah, I'm totally in for this. And
0: we have a whole, basically a whole, um, uh, one more season of the uh, the autism show. The Spectrum show.
1: Which you are just obsessed with. I love it. You follow the one couple now. I do. American that's that's version. Abby and
0: David. I barely used the TikTok. But when I heard they were on TikTok, I said, I've got to go. So that's uh, one thing I do. And then, um, I, w- I listen, I very rarely r- urge you guys to watch stuff. I'm like, oh, you got to watch this. But I urge you to watch, uh, to watch this show, the U.S. version or the Australian version. I think the Australian version has too many people on it, um, but there's one guy in particular on the show named Michael, fittingly, who is the best. Like, like everybody loves this guy. I tweeted out earlier, "Hey, I think you guys should watch Love on the Spectrum," and uh, I get a message from or a response from Cassio, and he goes. I watch it and I love it. Michael is my favorite. Yep, he's the I best. go. Me too, you crazy bastard! You, he's great. And then Abby and David and everybody on the U.S. version—they're great too. They're awesome. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we got a lot of stuff to do to watch tonight, and I got to try to find a place to take a nap in here at somewhere. I got to get my mind into a, a place where I can go take yeah, a nap.
1: I still have to record another show. So. I've been
0: obsessed with watching abandoned building shows again on YouTube the last two days. Like, I just sit around, and I, I watched one about some abandoned Detroit place and abandoned Chicago mall. Like, I'm all about it. You, you know, what, know how I feel about abandoned places. This
1: is also very random. You know what's very satisfying? What? Picking the skin that peels from a sunburn.
0: It is. Is that is totally random? <laughs>
1: that's what I've been doing this whole time. I
0: I, I, I can't see you, so I had no idea. Yeah, no. So basically, you're gold member. Are you going to eat the skin too? No,
1: but it also makes me. Oh, sad that's a
0: keeper. That's a keeper.
1: Because I was hoping to you know sit outside somewhere to kind of maintain this color that I got from the beach. Yeah, but it's too damn hot to sit outside. And then it's going to rain, and I might get a heat rash. Well, it might rain. I don't know where you saw that you're convinced it's going to rain. It may
0: rain this weekend. You never know.
1: Maybe Sunday night overnight. Maybe.
0: Well, we'll see. Well, let's just drive to the beach. Fuck it we'll drive there and just sit out in the sun a little bit, and get a tan. I like here's what I'm glad about. I didn't get a serious burn. Like I got enough of a burn where like it hurt to oh, take yeah, a shower either. the first day, but like I'm at that point where I'm peeling a little bit and I'll find myself doing like big bear shit and like rubbing my back up against the corner you of a door.
1: Use that aloe I got. It's really good.
0: Speaking of of uh of looking like a big bear, so I shaved. Yeah, that was a mistake. Uh, uh, no shit, Jelly. I know it was a mistake. I told you it's a mistake. But, um,
1: you said you were going to have a shadow. You have no shadow.
0: I know. Well, I had a plan that failed. First of all, I made a mistake. I should have just bought a much nicer pair of clippers. I bought some cheap, janky one because I don't, I can't find my other nice one. So I, I just got sick of pulling my beard hair. Like, I have this weird habit where, like, I'll bite my beard hair, mm-hmm. I'll pull gray hairs out of it.
1: That's probably then, why your jaw hurts so much. Pr- could be. You chew on them.
0: I do. But I think what happens is. I, uh, I, I do that so much that there's like little patches, and you may not be able to notice them, but I know they're there. So I started getting really annoyed by that, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to shave it down to where I have a little bit of a shadow and let it kind of regrow. Problem is, like almost instantly I fucked it up like I knew I would, and I got really annoyed and really impatient and said, fuck it, and I just took the goddamn clippers to it and went, and I, I had a mustache for about two minutes. I got a text from my dad about that, by the way, because I posted a picture that I took of my mustache that I oh, had Oh, he for wanted five you to keep it, I believe. He's like, keep that. It's very Top Gun, Josh. It's very in style. He actually texted me and said, God, you got to keep that. It's like, I already shaved it. So now I just look like a fucking cherub. <laughs> and I, I got to actually, sh- I'm going to share with you some of the best- um,
1: Cherub is a pretty
0: good description. I know. I look like I should be shooting arrows at people while flying. Um but people have been commenting on what I look like with this.
1: Cherub is hard to talk. Well, I
0: that's mine. But it's like mostly a lot of it's lesbian. A lot of it is you look like your transition. Like this one. You honestly look like a lesbian trying to go trans. Um, so that's one. Here's what here's how I determine whether or not I really look like shit or not. Like this person says you look like John Wayne Gacy. Um I'm more concerned about how gay Mike feels Uh, because I'm gay Mike's favorite bear, as you know. And part of what makes me a bear is my beautiful beard and my hairiness.
1: Well, he's probably pretty uh, disappointed.
0: But I'm shocked he hasn't commented on it. Usually every time I uh, post a picture, he posts something about how he wants to fuck in in some way or another. And like, I don't want to fuck him. And he knows that because I am not a homosexual. However, I want to know that he still wants to. Well I
1: think it's pretty clear that he doesn't now
0: because he hasn't commented. yeah, you look like uh, Seth from Superbad yes, I do a lot and there's been a lot of comments on this from various people uh, but uh, boy I like some of these are hysterical though like I can't disagree with them they're funny. Let me read you some of them from my Facebook that people have posted. I posted the picture on there. If you haven't seen it, you can go to my Instagram, whatever, if you want to be frightened. Uh, you look like a lesbian. Uh, let me know if all the other lesbians make fun of you. You look like fat Megan Rapino. Ooh, dude. How many chins do you have? And I even tried to take the picture, like putting my hand around my chin. There was one picture, and I remember doing this because I didn't have a beard at the time. You and I were at an Eagles game. It was that Sunday night game the Eagles played against the Cardinals in 2015, I guess. And we were taking a picture, like a drunk picture in the stands, looking sad because the Eagles were losing. And I had like four chins, and I'm like, Jilly, I need you to put your hands yep, around my I neck so people do not picture. see these chins. Um,
1: I remember that exact picture.
0: Now, I'll tell you who did like the picture was uh, Mama Chav. She always loves me, so. Um, Are you playing some Indigo Girls today? You look like you should be driving a Subaru.
1: That's accurate.
0: Are you Rosie O'Donnell? (laughs) Looking good for Pride Month. Yikes. You look like Ham Porter. You do. You look like Bruce Valanche, dick. Um... You look like you say things like, can I speak to your manager? You look like the butch just came out of you. Thank you. Easy on the edibles. And, of course, the ultimate one is you look like it's Pat. (laughs) And sadly. You do? I look just fucking like it's Pat. (laughs) Like the glasses and everything. Oh, no. But, yes. Do you work at GameStop? Uh, you look like you list your pronouns and live in Portland. The great Hambino.
1: Yep, I think Ham Porter wins.
0: Dude, you look like one of those teachers they show on libs of TikTok.
1: Yeah, but a lady.
0: <laughs> I know. I look like an angry lesbian lady. Oh, man. So... That's how people. I'm being mistreated by people today.
1: Being bullied, obviously. Obviously.
0: Who do I need to tell them about?
1: Aqueduct Plumbing.
0: Aqueduct Plumbing Company, Billy and his sister, Mary. 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238. Aqueductplumbingcompany.com is the website. Repipes, leak detection, camera inspection, plumbing fixtures, water heaters, tankless water heaters, water filters, drain cleaning. Uh, They do it all for you, and they are great. So you might as well go to their website, get a quote. they got a great site, too, blogs, got all their reviews and everything. Uh, Just a really good company, and they've been with us for a long time, and we appreciate them for being with us for a long time. Great, local, Houston-based plumbing company if you need them. I mean, there's only so much I can say about what plumbers do. You know what plumbers do. Let them do plumbing things for you. How about that? It's our friends over at Aqueduct Plumbing Company. 281-488-6238, aqueductplumbingcompany.com. They are at your disposal. Anything else? That's it. You still picking your skin over there? A little bit. Do you try to get the biggest piece possible? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's a keeper. All right. Anyway, God, these gummies are sitting here. I forgot I haven't thrown them away. Someone said, "Bro, you had way too many gummies to end up with that hairstyle in your face." Yeah, I fuck off. All right. Anyway, we'll see you later.